my advice to anyone with that fear or maybe going into that would be just talk to any one of us get on the phone have a conversation have a zoom call look at all the videos that are put out there because so much of that i think the authenticity comes through and in, in hopefully everything that we put out there alleviate any of those worries you're listening to the life and money show a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design building true wealth for their families and impacting the world around them and now here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey, hey, everyone. Annie Dickerson here together with the fabulous Julie Lamb. And I wanted to start today with just a snapshot back in time to when Julie and I first met, because um, it ties in a little bit with what we talk about on the show. So just bear with me, humor me for a second here. So some of you may know that Julie and I partnered up back in 2008. 18. And I had literally just quit my job, my full-time job to go into real estate the week before Julie and I met at a conference. And so we met at this real estate conference. For those of you who've been to a real estate conference, you know that in most cases, there, first of all, are not a lot of women there. Also, not a lot of Asian women there. So right away, we connected. And not only that, we discovered this mutual passion for helping other moms, other women, other families to get into passive investing and real estate, not because we wanted them to fall in love with buildings and numbers and spreadsheets and tax benefits, but really because we saw the potential for these real estate syndications and passive investing to really change their lives. And that's a big part of what we talk about on today's show. Today, we have the pleasure of hosting Janae Shields, who was one of our first ever investors and who not long ago joined the Good Egg Investments team and who many of you might have talked to in person because Janae talks to a lot of our newer investor club members who join and Janae hops on a call with many of them to answer questions, make sure they're connected with the right resources and all that good stuff. So in this episode, Janae talks about her journey to discovering real estate syndications and how she and Julie initially met, believe it or not, through Facebook. So Julie posted something sort of, it was sort of timely, just as Julie and I met at that conference at that pivotal time. Same thing with Julie and Janae. They sort of met at this pivotal time where Janae was looking for something new, something else, something to create that passive income for her family. She didn't know what it was going to be. She didn't know what it looked like, but she knew she needed a change. And in this episode, she'll talk about how her whole life, she's had a passion for photography, and she had created this photography business, very successful, which she ran for many years. But as she was growing her family, she realized, wait a second, with photography, she was working a lot of nights and weekends and missing out on some of that time with her kids. So at that time, her kids were two, four, and six, and she set out, she was a seeker. She said, out to think outside the box and to find something different because she deep down she knew that there had to be a way that she could create some passive income 
so that she didn't have to work so much. And so that's when she found Julie. She put it out in the universe what she wanted, and here comes Julie (laughs) through Facebook. And they connected, and we talk a lot about how, okay, so you meet a stranger on Facebook, but then what? How do you get from there to building that trust with them and learning about this whole world that you may not have known anything about prior to meeting them? And how do you get your spouse on board? And how do you get comfortable with making this sizable investment with somebody you've never met in person? And so we dive into all of that. And so whether you are a newbie investor, maybe you've never gotten into this before, you're new to this whole world of syndication, or you've been doing this for a while, I think you'll find this conversation quite enlightening. And we talk a lot about community and what a big deal community is, especially when you're getting into something new to make those connections and to find other people who are in this space, maybe those who have gone before you, those who can support you through the process. And Janae, towards the end of the conversation, she talks about what real estate syndications have enabled her and her family to do, a big part of which is to design their lives exactly how they wanted, rather than having to be at the will of a job or her photography gigs, but really intentionally designing the life that they wanted, especially while their kids are still young. So she talks a lot about that and the travels that they went on, which is just incredible. You'll hear about the year-long trip that her family was able to take and so much more. But speaking of which, if you are indeed new to the world of real estate syndications, welcome. We're happy to have you here and we want to be your resource, your guide to get you from that point of knowing nothing about this world to being comfortable and being part of this community and taking those steps to build that passive income and create wealth for your family. So we have a great resource for you. It's our book. It's called Investing for Good and we have a free hardcover copy for all of you. Just go to goodegginvestments.com slash book. All right, with that, let's dive into our conversation with Janae Shields. Janae, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thrilled to have you here. Now, Janae, I know many of our listeners are really excited about this episode in particular, especially since many of them have had the privilege of speaking with you in person as one of the key people on the Good Egg Investments team who helps to welcome new investor club members and make sure they have all the resources and tools that they need. But before we talk about real estate investing and what you do now for the Good Egg community, I wanted to go back and start with your personal story. I know you're a busy mom of three beautiful boys, and you also owned and ran a very successful photography business for quite some time. So Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about all of that. Maybe start with how you got into photography in the first place, and then share with us how you eventually discovered and got into real estate. 
Yeah. Well, like you said, I have been doing photography forever is what it feels like. So I got my first camera in junior high school. So right around 13 years old and never really looked back from there. I just loved it from the minute that I picked up that camera. I ended up going to a performing and visual arts high school. I was able to study photography and then on to a photography college. So <laughs> it's pretty much all I did for many years. And I started my business very shortly after I had moved to San Francisco. So that was, you know, about 18 years or so I had that business and it was just so much fun being able to spend time with people. I photograph weddings and family portraits and I'm such a people person. So it's just being around people all the time and in such wonderful, happy times of their lives and you know, just connecting. And then it was just such a a wonderful transition is after they got married, if they chose to start a family, I was able to really kind of transition with them and photograph their families as they grew. So it was just so much fun. I absolutely love it. Yeah. I'm always so curious how a passion, like a lifelong passion like that develops. And you mentioned you got into it at such a young age. What was it about photography that really drew you in? Well, just emotionally connecting with people. I think that photography, it's being able to kind of be behind the camera a little bit and get people to kind of open up as much as they can in front of the camera and just really connect with them on that level. You know, what we present in that way is just so fascinating to me. Humans and that human connection. I just really felt that I was able to connect with people through photography. Yeah. And so were you photographing people even at a young age? Were you like with the single yeah. use cameras, like click, click, click? And <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm old enough to have started on film. I've been with film, then to digital, then went back to the resurgence of film and then back to digital. <laughs> so that's how long I've been doing it. So yeah, my younger siblings were my first subjects. <laughs> so they had to stand there in all my assignments. <laughs> So yeah, I've been photographing people ever since I picked up that first camera. Yeah. And in many ways, right? It's interesting because in many ways that connection and that being behind the camera and helping and supporting and making sure that your subjects are presented in the best light and have the tools that they need. That's sort of like what you're doing now, right? You're supporting yeah. the good community and you're talking with newer investors, making sure that they get connected. So I want to hear, and I don't know the full extent of the story. I think Julie does, but <laughs> I don't even know how you first got into real estate in the first place. Did you do rental properties or how did you discover syndications? I didn't. And it was right around the time that my youngest was turning two. <laughs> and with, like you mentioned, I have three boys and they were all kind of back to back, two years apart for all of them. By the time that my youngest was turning two, I had just felt like it had been a blur of everything. Time was just passing by and I wasn't necessarily getting that time with them that I wanted. I just remember on my youngest's second birthday, I was just like, what just happened? How is he two? <laughs> I literally don't remember the last two years of my life. <laughs> you had a two-year-old, a four-year-old and a six-year-old? Oh, yeah. Wow. When my youngest was born, you. yeah, it was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's nuts. I mean, it's still nuts. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, it doesn't get better. They just sleep better, but it's right. Or not even. I mean, or not. Oh, my gosh. Like four o'clock this morning. So yeah. I'm like yeah. exhausted. I know. Kids are like older. It's like, okay, one that oh, didn't yeah. go to bed till 10. And then now one that wanted to wake up at four. So and then came in here. Oh, I'm with you. 
Oh, to snuggle. <laughs> oh, yeah. My littlest wants to get into bed with us every night. And so we had to put like a little cot next to our bed and said, you can be as close as this next to us. But, you know, you can't. <laughs> I'm like starting at four or five, you can come and snuggle, but not at midnight. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. So maybe they never sleep again. Who knows? <laughs> So your youngest had just turned two. And yeah. so you had discovered, wow, life is going by in a blur. So yeah. then what did you do? Yeah, well, that's when I started kind of looking for something different. As much as I love photography, it was just every evening for the sunset shots, every weekend, I would work Saturdays and Sundays and as my oldest got into school and starting kindergarten, I realized that they're all going to just start being at school. They're all going to be gone. And then I'm going to be gone every weekend. And so I was trying to find something moving forward that was going to work with the schedule that my family was going to have that I'd be able to do. And so real estate, how that played into it is that I did look into potentially doing rentals or becoming a landlord or things like that. But really time is what I wanted back. So I said, I don't want to do anything that is going to take me away from my family even more. I want something like syndications where I can just give my money over to a wonderful syndication company and know that they are doing the best with it and managing those deals and those properties. And I can just sit back on that passive side. And so it was right around that time. It was like the perfect storm of timing where personally, I was like, I need something different. I've got to find out a different path. And then Julie is posting on <laughs> the mom's group and face on Facebook saying, Hey, I've got this, this new company. This is what we're doing. It was literally just like the perfect storm of timing where it made so much sense. And I go with my gut a lot, actually. Like I really, I'm in tune with like the heart and the mind. They obviously have to go together, but I definitely make decisions um, a lot of times, you know, using my gut. And so it just felt so right. I called Julie, we had that phone call and it just, everything clicked. We had a great rapport. There was just that trust that started to be built right from the beginning. And so started investing in syndications and haven't looked back. <laughs> Isn't that funny though? Like I've been thinking about this a lot over the last couple of years as we've done more Tony Robbins work. But when you put something out into the universe as like a need or like a thing that you want to do and you're like telling it, like, I want to yeah. do this. This is what I want. And I'm not going to settle for less, right? Because you totally could have, I went down this path of like buying single family homes, but you knew you were very clear in your mind about what you wanted and what you didn't want. And I always tell our coaching clients this too, like you can't just tell them you want to do X, Y, you have to tell the universe. And I know this sounds kind of woo yeah. for some people out there, but you got to tell the universe specifically what you want or else the universe can't deliver because yep. you don't know what you want. So yep. being so clear on your vision, knowing that you didn't want to trade, it wasn't money that you were really after. It was that you wanted more time and yep. investments like this can give you more time by giving you money and lots of time. We could have a whole podcast right. talking about time <laughs> right. and money relationship, but yeah. So it's just so funny. And then all of a sudden I... Yep. Julie, post, <laughs> Julie like, shows up. Here, like, here I am. And how many years ago was that now? I feel like yeah, it was four a years, while ago. Because my little one is six now. So oh my yeah, about four years ago. So yep. I am such a big believer of that as well as you have to put out into the universe what you want. And maybe it takes a weird path, right? I mean, sometimes it's not that more often than not, it's not that linear path. But if you don't have that clear cut goal that you're trying to achieve, then you'll never get there at all. 
Yeah. So when you first saw the post and you said, okay, I go a lot on gut, how yeah. do you get like, cause essentially then you just met a stranger on Facebook. <laughs> you <laughs> seem like, like a really nice you know, stranger. You seem like a nice person. So I'm just going to like, why are you 50 grand? Because there's people, especially women out there who may not have that intuition. Like, cause I certainly have that intuition about people too. Like I'm always gut. It's so hard for me to put into words, but I just have a sense about it. But for the people that don't, and I don't know, because maybe you did rely a lot on your gut, but how did you get over that sort of this fear of, here's the question I'm trying to get at, is that I think oftentimes women have a fear of making a mistake and they don't want to make an investment and then feel like they've made the wrong decision and be embarrassed in front of their husband and be embarrassed in front of their parents, their kids or whatever. So how did you get over that? What did that look like for you? Yeah, that's a tricky one. Because I do have to say I've always been someone that has just kind of seen what I wanted in that sense and gone for it. So I guess I haven't ever really had that fear too much in the sense that I would have that like embarrassment or not thinking it was going to work out. I mean, certainly there was those hesitations. I mean, my husband, I would say he probably wasn't on board until some of these deals have started selling and he's seeing the returns. And now he's like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. I'm like, I told you four years ago. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It took him that long. Wow. Maybe not that long, but like, I mean, he's a CPA, right? So he's like, I got to see the numbers. Let's make sure that this all looks good. And so totally understand that hesitation that especially when you're working with a partner spouse situation, and maybe someone isn't as on board as the other person, you know, so there is a lot of conversation that has to happen in that sense. And just for me personally, it was just that having been around so many people just in my photography career, and again, going with that gut, I feel like I just kind of had a good sense of you. And I felt like both of you, I hadn't met any at that point, but through the videos and content you put out there and meeting you, it just really clicked. And I think that is so much of what I talked to our investors about now at this point is that you just really have to mesh and click and feel that that information is accessible and it's easy to understand, which the two of you made that so easy for me getting into syndications right from the beginning to feel comfortable with that. And so my advice to anyone with with that fear or maybe going into that would be just talk to any one of us, get on the phone, have a conversation, have a Zoom call, look at all the videos that are put out there because so much of that, I think the odd authenticity comes through and in, in hopefully everything that we put out there to alleviate any of those worries about, hey, I'm going to wire this $50,000 over to essentially what could be looked at as just strangers. So I think the idea is to hopefully that we don't feel like strangers, that it feels like our investors know us and know our true intent. And that's the hope. Yeah. And that's always been a big thing for Annie and I is creating that sense of community amongst each other and our investors and really making our our investors feel like they're part of our movement and our mission and our vision. And even when I think you and I chatted, I probably posted something that was relevant and important to you as a mom Mm -hmm. and where you were. That was probably what captured your interest is... Absolutely. Like, oh, she's having a discussion around a topic that I want to, a conversation I want to be involved in. Right. Something like that. So 
I think that's an important thing for everyone to know is that immerse yourself within the community. If there is no community with the folks you're investing with, that's tough. Even my first investment as a passive, they had a community and I immersed myself within that community. And that's how I got comfortable was I really got to know them listening to podcasts and reading books and joining Facebook groups and things like that helped me get over that fear, I guess you could say. I'm Mm -hmm. curious, when you talk about your husband not being on the same page as you, (laughs) because my husband wasn't on the same page with me either. It didn't take for deals to cycle out for him to get on board though. (laughs) Once he started seeing the distributions come in, he's like, oh, all I do is like telling your spouse, like, hey, I just wired a lot of money. Somebody I met on the internet. Right. Buy something I've never seen in my life. (laughs) Don't worry. It's going to be fine. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> it's a hard conversation to have. Oh, know? yeah. <laughs> so what did that, if you don't mind sharing a little bit with us, well, what did that look like? Like, how did you get, it yeah. sounds like there was an alignment right off. How did both of you get comfortable with letting yeah. go a big chunk of money like that? Yeah. Well, and I think to go to your point of seeing those distributions start coming in to my husband's credit, he definitely started seeing that benefit. We were able to travel for that whole entire year because of that, which we can go into later about as well. And so, I mean, he definitely saw the benefits to it. So as far as getting on the same page, I'm very lucky in the sense that my husband and I have been together since high school. So a lot of years. So there, as much as there wasn't alignment there at the beginning, there is a lot of trust. And so I think that he was able to put aside some of maybe uncomfortable feelings that he was having. (laughs) And, you know, really, (laughs) maybe we didn't talk for a day or two. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Day goes by fast when you got running around. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I didn't even notice he wasn't talking to me. I think that it was just kind of one of those things that I said, This, I really believe in this. I really think this is going to be a great idea. My experience my parents have owned rental properties and they have some rentals long term as well as short term. And so I think that with that history as well, both of us have seen the work they have put in and it's been beneficial, certainly, and it's great, but they do spend a lot of time with that. And so I think that also helped him kind of get over that. Then I said, Hey, listen, this isn't going to tie up my time. This isn't going to be something that adds a lot of like stress time-wise to our family life. It is still the real estate investing that we're interested in doing and getting a part of, but it now this whole other different way that's more passive. And so I think that that helped as well. Some of his fears. Did you go show him like the pitch decks or like Google stuff or like anything like that? Or did you show him like the materials or was it just like, yeah, I just did this thing. And like, it was more like that. (laughs) I love it. I said, so I just did this thing. It's going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know looking back on that, I'm like, wow, that was kind of interesting. Again, I was just going with that gut. It was all going to work out. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid like we were that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. 
We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. Well, anyone out there listening, one tactic that I used in the early days was to show the beautiful pitch decks and to show my husband that I understood what we were getting into. I think that was a big thing for us was that it wasn't like, hey, we're I sent money over or made this investment into something that I don't even really understand. And it's like a hope and pray kind of thing. And I kind of took the lead as like showing him here's what it means. And he had questions. Well, what happens if this happens? And if your spouse asks you that, Be ready with a good answer. Try to anticipate their questions that they may ask you. And I think that that helps to build the trust too, because they're like, oh, okay, she understands this a little bit more than me. So I'm just going to back off and let's wait for those distributions to roll in, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I should add, I mean, definitely he knew that I had very much research it on my own, look through all that. He didn't do it himself. He definitely trusted and knew that I had done my research and was not just throwing money at people on the internet. Like I had looked at everything. I felt comfortable, had done the research. So that helped. Yeah. That's so awesome though. I mean, I think that when you even decide to get married and have kids with somebody like there's got to be in a certain element of enough trust to make like these kinds of decisions independently of them and then have them support you. So that's awesome that he was supportive of you. So I'm curious, you brought up that your parents invested in real estate Mm -hmm. over the years and then you guys saw that growing up or Mm -hmm. or he knew that your parents were exposed to that. So what did that look like for you? Did your Mm -hmm. parents ever take you to the properties like Annie does. Annie and her husband take their kids to their properties that they buy and flip. Like, did you get to ever do that kind of stuff? Or what was your exposure to real estate as a child? I'm curious. Yeah. So I wish it was when I was a child, but they did not start getting into it until I was in my adult years. So yeah. So when I was in my twenties is when they started getting more involved in that and buying rental properties. So growing up, unfortunately, it wasn't something that was part of my childhood, but I wish it was. And I mean, I'm certainly trying to make that part of my kid's childhood. I mean, we talk a lot about it. And while I don't have rentals or properties that I'm managing, we definitely talk about the syndications and what that means as a greater, larger investment. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, honestly, my kids do get to go see what their grandparents are doing. You know, I mean, so there is some level of that. While it's not directly through me and my husband, they do say, oh, Nana and Papa have the house here and have a house here and have a house here. So I mean, they understand. And that's kind of nice to be able to kind of through proxy, they're able to learn. 
And what drove your parents at a later stage in life? Was it like, oh, retirement is looming and we need like, what took them to that place of like real estate is the answer? So I'm one of four kids. And so for them, they wanted to have a place that they could go. We all were in different cities. And so they wanted a house to go and be able to stay in a more comfortable environment than a hotel in each of the cities that their kids lived in. So that was what that started their journey is they said we can, with the advent of short-term rentals and things like that, they're able to kind of have these houses, come and stay in them and then rent them out. Um, and then in the city that they live in, then just started buying more longer term rentals in that area, not the short term model. Oh, got it. That's so cool. The Airbnb yeah, it is cool. Changed so much of the way that we can live and operate and you can own these rental yeah. properties, which I guess it's not a novel thing. I mean, people have been doing the short term rental thing for a long time, but it's just so much more yeah. widely accepted now. So that's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and as you know, I mean, you just were traveling, staying in short-term rentals. I mean, that's how we traveled across the country for that year. So it's just so awesome to have that ability to go and really, I mean, we would stay for a month or so in in different cities. And it was so awesome to feel like we were getting to really know the city instead of just staying in a hotel room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to go back to that first syndication. So you find Julie, you have this conversation, you decide to take a chance, plow forward, wire in that investment, you get into this first syndication. Was it like overnight you were like, okay, now I know the path forward. I'm going to sunset my photography business. I'm going to go travel. Or how did those things start to unfold? And what did that transition look like for you? Yeah, so it wasn't overnight like that by any means. So it's actually taken the last four years <laughs> to sunset my photography business. So it has been a long transition and hard to let go on this. Oh, I mean, that's definitely been my baby for so many years before my baby. So it was definitely a hard decision. So it was certainly once I wired the money and those distributions started coming in, it definitely was very eye opening. I knew that was a path forward. It just certainly didn't happen overnight to be able to stop doing the photography, nor was I ready to kind of let that go at this point. But it did give us the ability to say, hey, let's hit the road and travel. And in that year that we were traveling, I did fly back to San Francisco quite a few times to work and do different photography jobs. So I was doing a little combination of both, but it really gave us that opportunity to say, I don't have to be in this one city doing the photo shoots every single weekend. There is a different option. And so it allowed that transition to start. Oh my gosh. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners' ears perked up when you said you were on the road for a year. They're probably like, yeah. what? I don't want to be on the road for a year. So tell us a little bit more about that. How did you plan that? Yeah. Sounds like you were sort of intermittently working. Was your husband working? Were you homeschooling the kids? Where did you go? How did you plan the whole thing? All of it. Tell us all of it. Yep. So all of the above. So again, like, as we said, I may be a little impulsive. So it wasn't as planned out as it probably should have been. I just kind of said, we're doing this. Let's go. So we just kind of hit the road and kind of planned, had like some of the larger stops that we were going to do along the way. But some of the little stuff I just filtered in as I planned the route and the itinerary that we would follow. I worked intermittently flying back to San Francisco for jobs. And then my husband worked full time. So as I mentioned, he's a CPA. And so his job is fully remote even before the pandemic. And so he's fully remote, was able to work from the road the whole entire time, which we're so fortunate to be able to have that ability and that possibility. 
So I homeschooled the kids and by homeschool, it was more like unschool. <laughs> we kind of road schooled. We adventured in national parks. We learned about the cities we were in. We did nature walks. We did hikes. There was not a ton of schooling per se, <laughs> which my oldest loves school. And so he says, he didn't love that he wasn't able to be doing his math and his, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> he missed all the worksheets. <laughs> I was like, fine, you want to do worksheets? By all means, go for it, kiddo. <laughs> but it was just really fun. I mean, we just adventured. We called them adventure days. And so my husband was able to take days off here and there. But mainly I was with the kids Monday through Friday. And then he would have the weekends off or he'd take off afternoons. I mean, there was just a lot of flexibility, which we're so fortunate to have that flexibility. And so it was just wonderful. And like I said, we tried to stay in places for a month or so, sometimes six weeks, because we really got to get in there and learn about the areas and kind of really enjoy what they had to offer as opposed to moving so fast through places. And was it the investing in syndications that sort of opened your eyes to the possibility that this could be a thing that you could pursue? Or was it always something that you were going to do with or without passive income? Nope. I think the syndications for sure opened my eyes that I could be making money and getting money put into my bank account while I'm going off on adventure days with my kids. You know, I mean, right there, I never would have thought about that, right? I mean, this whole idea of just you have to work and you have to be there and put in all these hours and get that paycheck at the end. And so it absolutely opened my eyes to there's a different way. <laughs> and there's a different way even outside of managing rental properties and managing a short-term rental. I mean, that is work. And I know that so many people have found a way to make that feel passive and that's wonderful. And if they can get their systems in place, that's so great. I think that for me, it just felt like a lot of work <laughs> and I didn't really know where to start. And I didn't want to even put in five to 10 years to try to figure out how to manage and get that to a point where they would run themselves essentially. And so, you know, I went straight to the syndications, the passive income right from the beginning. <laughs> straight to Facebook for the answers. That's, that's where us busy moms go for answers these I days. Know. <laughs> My kids got a rash. I want to invest in real estate. I want to invest. In like, I can learn it all. <laughs> It's funny because this reminds me of a quote. Sure, I've brought it up here on the show before, a Warren Buffett quote that where he says, if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you will work until you die, right? Because you're always working for money instead of money working for you. And it was for me when I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that light bulb went on and I was like, oh my gosh, like if I don't do this, I literally will be sitting at this desk to pay off that expensive house I just bought here in the Bay Area for the next five years. <laughs> Right. And I was like, okay, don't do that first step. So called off the loan process and now start investing the money little by little yeah. into whatever. I started out doing small single family homes and duplexes and started seeing the cash flow. And in Rich Dad Poor Dad, that's what he talks about is the whole name of the game is to create all these little passive income streams, little ones here and there and yeah. everywhere till you get to a point where your expenses or your income exceeds your expenses. And so that was like a game changer for me. And when I discovered syndications, I, I was like shouting it from the rooftops that everybody needed to know about this and particularly mm -hmm. moms because we're so strapped for time. Like you said, that was what you wanted. It wasn't so much about the money. It was you needed more time in your day. And for me, this is what it gave me to be able to step away from work, maybe altogether or part-time or whatever. So it's been such an amazing journey and it's been so fun to see you and other moms 
friends that invest alongside us and watch their lives change for Annie and I, this is why we do it all. It's not about getting up every day and like beating our arms on our chest and being like, we just raised whatever and like bought a whatever million dollar apartment community. It's about the lives behind the dollars who choose to invest with us that we're so passionate about changing. And so it's so fun to kind of bring this full circle to have you on the team. You joined us last year and it was one of those things like the universe thing, right? Last year, I think we were like, we need help. We need help. And then all of a sudden I get this email from Julian, like, we just need help by any chance. Actually, we do. And here you are and have been a part of the team with us for the last over, I think we're at a year, maybe going on a year. Almost, yep. But it's been so fun to have you with us and sharing your story too with our investors and just all of the experiences that you went through. One quick question before we transition. So over the last year or so, you've been working with us in an investor relations role. So you've been kind of on the front lines talking with a lot of investors when they come to us. What would you say are maybe like the top three questions that you get asked pretty often from newer investors who come to us Mm -hmm. who have never worked with us before? What are some things that people are coming to the table asking about? Yeah. Well, one thing that we've talked a little bit about here is how do they know us? How do they trust us? How do they know that they want to work with us? That's a question that I get all the time. And again, I just say exactly what I mentioned before is really just get on the phone with any one of us. We're available to chat, look through any of those videos and the content that we've put out. And so that's definitely one of the top questions because there is that fear, that apprehension of who are these people? Can I trust them with my money? I'm just about to wire all this money over here and I I hope it's going to work out. And so, you know, I really try to help and talk people through whatever those fears are and what is holding them back. And we kind of try to talk through that. Taxes are a huge question. Everybody wants to know about how it'll affect their taxes. That, unfortunately, we can't give specific information about that. I always tell people, here's some resources that we have, but any specific questions to kind of talk to their tax professional about. But that is something that is top of mind for a lot of people. Yeah. And it's important, I think, for everyone to know that when you invest in these syndications, your taxes are, there's a lot of benefits tax wise. Mm -hmm. So it would be in your interest if you're thinking about investing in real estate in general to get together with a CPA who has a background with working with real estate investors, because the last thing you want is to miss an opportunity to take write-offs or depreciation losses or whatever Mm -hmm. to benefit you. Because that's one of the primary reasons. It's one of the pillars of why we invest in, in these things is for the tax benefits. So definitely we are not tax advisors. We're not giving tax advice. If, if Janae ever has, ignore her. She's not a CPA. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but we do have our own tax advisor that we work with and is available to answer questions that you guys have. If you have a one-off question about syndications, definitely don't hesitate to reach out to us and we can always cross-check with her and can make introductions to, to CPAs that are experienced in real estate as well. So with all of that being said, um, we're going to transition now to the last part of our show, the Life and Money Show Spotlight Round, where we're going to ask you a couple of questions around life and money. So the first question is around your life and money. So what is one thing that you're doing right now to live a meaningful and intentional life by design? 
Well, just as we've talked about, is just making sure I have that time with my kids. I live by this philosophy that no one at the end ever said they wish they worked more, <laughs> but they all wish they had more time. And so I didn't ever want to wait until the end and my kids are grown up and out of the house to say, oh, I wish that I had more time with them. This, they're little, mine are six, eight, and 10. They're in this perfect window where they like me still. <laughs> they want to <laughs> hang out. They want to go hiking in a national park with me. <laughs> so I just want to capitalize and capture that time with them as much as I can. So that's number one for me. Yeah, it's funny because last night I was every night we have a fire in our fireplace and the whole family gathers around the fire. And we read books and we tell stories and we just spend time sometimes we'll play chess or checkers or whatever. And I was looking, we were looking at some pictures of our travels. And in that moment, I just realized like, wow, in the last year, because we were on the road for the last year, and we had so many experiences together in all these different areas that we stayed in, and so many laughs and just people we saw, and not, we're not getting together with people, but family we saw that we hadn't seen in years. And I realized in that moment that we probably created more memories in the last eight months than some people create in a lifetime. Like really, because they're spending you know, 40, 50 hours a week at a job. And they never get this time together. And in that moment, I just felt an immense feeling of gratitude and just like, wow, so grateful that I stumbled into this world because that time that I'll never be able to get back. And you're right. It's not about the money. It's about the time with the kids while they're young, while they still want to hang out and play chess with me and whatever, you know, so. Yeah. It's so true. We have a book that I'm a photo that we made in the travels and we look through it all the time and just talk about it and go through those memories because really the memories that were made in that time. And I think that not only the memories, but it literally changed the way we view our family time and how we approach every day is that we want to be with each other and we want to spend that time. And it really just kind of that paradigm shift happened of that. I don't want to spend hours and hours away from them to then just say like, hi, how was your day? Now go to bed. <laughs> and so I think that it's just so important. It just made me really grateful to be able to design my life in that way that I'm able to have that time with them. Yeah, totally. Totally. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Second question is around others' life and money. So what is one like life or money hack that you can share that'll make an impact in others' lives right now? Yeah. Well, one thing that we are very conscious of, of all the time is, is living below our means as much as possible, because it's very easy, especially living in California to just get all, you know, everything is very expensive. And so my husband and I joke all the time now that he's on board <laughs> with this indication. We say, oh, do we need to buy that? Or do we need to invest in the next indication? I mean, it's like we can ask that question constantly and it can be any investment, right? Like, do we need this or can we put that in the account that's saving up for investing and doing these other things with it? And so I think that it's just something we keep in mind all the time, something that living below that or at your means, I think is paramount to being able to invest more in the future. Yeah. And maintaining a certain lifestyle, I think is important mm -hmm. too, because a lot of people have done really well over the last couple of years investing in these syndications, right? And mm -hmm. people are tempted to go out there and start spending all that money. <laughs> it's about maintaining a certain lifestyle, despite the fact your wealth is growing, but maintaining a certain lifestyle that's comfortable, like top ramen every night. Right. <laughs> right. We're not in college anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you got to live a little. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that's an important yeah. thing for everyone to remember too, is that the game hasn't stopped now just because some deals have cycled out and money's starting to roll in, which is an interesting thing. And we could talk about that on another show is these syndications. I built out this thing called a syndication ladder, which is a whole nother conversation about how these deals cycle out every five years. But it's important to maintain that focus on reinvesting, right? Because because that's how you continue to grow this thing and build this right. thing over the years, right? It's not just reach a certain point and then call it a day and then go spend the money, right? It's about continuing to build all those passive income streams that, that they talk about in, in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's our idea is to have that initial amount and then just reinvest them every time it cycles out. And then years and years of doing that, the wealth grows. So that's the idea. Yeah. All right. Well, last question is around life and money in the world. So what is one mm-hmm. thing that you're doing right now to make the world a better place? Mm-hmm. Well, we are very big into environmentalism in our family. And so we donate to charities that are trying to help combat climate change as much as possible and to really protect that nature that we're just so in love with. And so a lot of what we talk about with my kids is how do we be good stewards of this planet and take care of it. And so that is we're hopefully putting out into the world to teach my children that right. I mean, they're the next generation that will be will living with this. And so as much as I can do to teach them to love this planet as much as I do is very important. Oh, I love that. Just fostering that love of nature and the planet from an early age. And it's almost like hearkening back to you as a child and observing the world around you and making the most of it. So I love that. Well, Janae, if there's somebody out there, maybe a fellow mom or a dad who's out there who's like, Oh my gosh, this is everything that I've been looking for, but I don't know where to go. I don't know where to start. I don't know how to build that trust as you were talking about. Tell them Mm -hmm. a little bit about some of the things you're doing on the team and where they might go Mm -hmm. to connect Mm -hmm. with you or our team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question. And it really harkens back to how Julie and I met as well. Go ahead and send me a message on Facebook. (laughs) So we can connect through any of the social media channels that we have here at Good Egg Investments, Facebook, Instagram, you just feel free to send a message, reach out, you can send me an email, pick up the phone and call me pretty much any way that you want to get a hold of me, we can chat through, we can continue this conversation of really finding out my goal with any of these conversations I have with investors is finding out where they're coming from? What are they looking for? What are their goals? Because that's where it should start is what their goals are. And then how can we fit in to helping them along those goals? Janae Shields, real estate investor, mom of three and key member of the Good Egg Investments team. Janae, thank you so much for being here with us and sharing your story and insights with our listeners. You've been listening to The Life and Money Show, the number one podcast for people who, like you, are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth and making an impact in the world. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com and be sure to join the Life and Money Show community on Facebook. And if you got value out of this show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations.